Anna, I think we're gonna have to have a conversation about your hatred of her because it's like not okay. It's not. Okay. It's not hatred. I'll say like I don't hate her. I just you're a little annoyed at her. She wasn't my favorite. I live, breathe, and die for Chloe and Chloe alone. Like I would, I would give up my soul. Why? <laughs> Welcome back to Escaping Reality, the podcast where four friends watch and discuss reality competition shows to escape the madness of our world. This episode, we're talking about The Circle, season two. And before we get into it, make sure you are subscribed and that you've given us a rating or a review if you really love us. And if you like our show, be sure to tell your friends. New episodes drop every Wednesday. If you want your thoughts featured on the pod, you can email us at escapingrealitypodcast.com at gmail.com or slide into our dms on twitter or instagram with a few sentences about your feelings on a particular season and particular show or topic for our segment which is called the fans have spoken and we will read and discuss them in an episode so let's go ahead and get started today we're talking about the circle season two so if you listened last week we did season one and but yes we're on season two um which came out not too long ago like on Netflix Um, so some of us had already seen it some of us this was the first time but we're gonna go ahead and talk about it Um, so we'll start with our quick one minute thoughts about it um, and then we'll go from there so Anna let's start with you what are your one minute thoughts so prior to us sitting down this week to watch season two I fairly recently watched it on my own time I think probably like the start of the summer or maybe maybe I watched it when I was moving out of New York I don't really remember but sometime like within the last handful of months I sat down to watch it and I remember distinctly thinking like when it first came out I was like eh, I'll get to it eventually and then I finally sat down to watch it and I was like oh wait shit I forgot that like season one was great and I really like the show so I don't know why it took me so long to be like yay season two but I think that's the problem with Netflix like you binge a show and then like if there's none left you're like whatever but when we were revisiting it again this week I kind of did the same thing where I was like oh yeah it's fucking great this is awesome I very much enjoyed season two as we kind of alluded to last week it is much more of like a competitive game this season it was a better pace to watch along to because you were like this feels like it's going somewhere it feels like these people are actively participating in like an end goal as opposed to just being like playful pals with money at the end so I appreciated that from like a a game and show development place but also just as a viewer like it was better to watch um because it felt like there was more plot um there was more competition and so all in all it was like yay we we really learned from the show that we had and we're making it better and with this only being season two like I am really excited to see even from two to three what changes because the jump from one to two was so (laughs) impactful feels like the wrong word but like noticeable (laughs) perhaps Like it was not impactful, but I guess the changes that were made really made a difference and they seemed deliberate and like well thought out. Uh, I will say the only thing that like was a bummer to me and makes me like season one slightly more than season two is like, yes, season two was a better competitive game show, but I still really liked that season one like kind of wasn't and that it was just this like social experiment of like, if you put a bunch of people in a house and let them only see 
like their digital personas like what's gonna happen are they gonna be friends are they not who's gonna be genuine whatever like even though that's less competitive and has less of that like game show spirit part of me was still like that was a really cool thing that we did even though it wasn't totally what we were going for and that like see I feel like what we did in season one was something that would be otherwise hard to capture as like a moment of social experiment so season two better as a show but like there was something quaint and naive and beautiful about what we did in season one that this time around we didn't have just because people were like I'm here to play I'm here to strategize but thumbs up to them for doing that anyway yeah and let's say Nick what are your thoughts so like I said last week I did watch season one roughly close to the time that it came out and then when season two came out I kind of had the same thought as Anna of like okay I'll get to it like I'll watch it eventually but I just never sat down and did until this week when we were doing it for the pod I will say it is a lot better than season one at the end of season one, I was kind of like, I don't know if I could sit through another season of this show. I don't know if I want to. But season two was a lot better. And it, it has me hoping that season three will get better even more so. Because yes, like I agree, the jump from season one to season two was a big jump and things were different and the show was elevated and was improved upon. But with that said, I do still think that there are lots of things that they need to improve upon as even more so for season three. I don't think that we've reached the peak of what this show could be yet. And I think we still need to move into more. But with that said, I do just think overall season two is far superior in like casting, in challenges, in the way that the people like communicated with each other, in the strategy, in the twist that they threw in. And it wasn't just like in season one, sitting around watching people talk all day. It was different things that you were able to watch each episode instead of just like watch people send messages overall better than season one and I'm excited to see where they go for season three and the future yeah makes sense I'm surprised you haven't named your favorite player yet I guess you're you're holding it. vibes we'll get to our vibes <laughs> we'll get to Chloe my girl from Essex the queen of queens vibes <laughs> we love her oh goodness all right Aggie what were your thoughts well I do actually agree with that last comment. I won't try and do it in the accent. I know I can't, but I do love Chloe. I think she, I live, breathe, die for Chloe after this. Like I'm in, I'm all in, love her to bits. I just am obsessed with her. But on a completely separate note, I just think casting for this season was way stronger. I think they started with a crew that like, everybody was there for the $100,000, whether or not they were playing as themselves or as a catfish. It was very reminiscent almost of Kagiyan of like, we cast people with the intention of like stirring up drama and also giving a shit about the end goal and no one is here to go home empty-handed. Overall, I really liked season two. I thought it was really fun. I was busting a gut laughing a lot, which I felt like I didn't do as much of. I was a lot of like, oh, in season one and in season two I'm like you guys are hysterical this show is hysterical this concept is hysterical but I I think that is more on the casting and I think with a show like this where it could be like a little bit sappy or it could go a route of like oh social media is the worst I think I'm happy that they've chosen to go like let's be fucking hysterical like let's be funny let's be light we can still make comments on what it is to allow social media to be the vehicle by which you share yourself and things like that and you can still have those like raw human 
human moments and these lovely interpersonal connections. But I just like that they went the funny route. I think it makes for better TV. I think a season where you laugh of Survivor is one is normally one of my favorites. San Juan del Sur being a exception to that because that's the mushiest season and I am into it. But I think, I don't know, I really liked it overall. I'll save my feelings on other things till we get there. Alrighty. And yeah, I agree with a lot that's already been said. I definitely like season two more than season one I, yeah I remember watching it I guess you can't say live but like when recently after it came out and just being like wow they improved this a lot this is actually like I'm invested and it is hard to um because I think this when it comes out it comes out in like chunks so it's like once you get through like four and you're like I'm ready for the next one and you have to wait but I mean it is kind of fun to have some anticipation so I think they did a good job let's see I'm trying to think of anything that hasn't been said I feel like most of it's been said but I just think I was more invested in some of these players and I I mean I can't think of like and maybe what was the guy's name the very first guy was it like Ryan 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 okay yeah I think maybe I wasn't like as into as invested in his story but like all the rest was like they had great personalities and just like very good for tv personalities so I'm a fan okay so let's go ahead and since we've all started already kind of you know discussing the difference between season two and season one let's just open it up a little more and just talk about yeah what do we think was improved in this season what do we think maybe was actually worse this season? So whoever wants to start. Can I just pick a bone really quickly? <laughs> Do it. Nick and I said this to each other like three episodes in, and then it was so hard not to notice after that. They did the thing where everyone was reading it at the same time. And then they showed all of them at the same time. And I was like, this needs to end. We didn't do this in season one. You added it in season two and it's awful. You know what I don't need to hear? Trevor, AKA Delisa. I don't need to hear her reading behind everyone else. And Mitchell like reading it like a fucking bro. Like I don't, just have one person read it. That was my biggest like, let's never do this again. It improved the show in no way, shape or form. We can talk about actual parts of the book. I was going to say, do you feel like that's like a teacher thing? Because you probably have students like, read in unison and then you just hear them all behind just stop talking over each other it's fucking nonsense like why why it didn't enhance anything about like my understanding of what they were saying it just was like nails on a chalkboard all I did was read it because I couldn't understand what they were saying because they were not in unison yeah so why bother if I'm then just gonna read it anyway I will say another improvement which was probably an improvement for the players but not for us it looked like they had air conditioning this season they got an air conditioner they weren't sweating they didn't have 10 fans pointing at them all at once they seemed to be able to breathe do you want me to talk about the actual game now oh go for it go for it I can talk about the actual game not my bones with producers okay I actually thought one of the strongest things they did was that the first after they raided and the top two people became the influencers I thought it was really smart to give everybody an extra day I think it made it more interesting. While Bryant was still the one to go out, I think there were relationships formed in that 24 hours that did actually last longer in the game and like actually had some bearing on the game, which when the influencers went straight upstairs after the first ratings in season one, people were kind of like, I don't really know anyone. Like what's our criteria? And here people were actually able to have conversations 
And it just made for a much more like well-rounded look at the players before they eliminated someone rather than eliminating someone just because they haven't talked to them. So I thought that was really smart. I kind of wish it had happened more than just the first episode. Like that, that was always the thing. It was like, there's always 24 hours. So you can like plead your case a little bit. Like the thing about Survivor, you don't have a day, but you have multiple hours before tribal council to like try and change some shit up. And I think that made it more interesting. I kind of wished that they'd done it every time. Actually, I think I meant to say this in my one minute thoughts. So I'm rambling now. I'm so sorry. But I thought a lot of the things they tried because they only did them once, we didn't get to see their like long-term impact. It was like, there's an inner circle once. There was the 24 hours thing once. There was like the new players chat to each other once because there was only a one time that two people came in. And so I kind of wish that if we were going to do some of these things, we didn't do it just like one time. It would give us a chance to see like, does that actually affect how they do? I just felt like it was like one thing, one thing, one thing. And I'm like, maybe do it again in season three. Like let's, let's do that over and over again. So we can get some actual data as to how that actually affects the game rather than just being like, that was fun. And it's now forgotten. Oh, and they could save someone like immune from blocking. Sorry. That was a lot of things, but there were so many things that they added and it was just a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I talked a lot. <laughs> no, it's, there were all good points. Anna, were you about to say something? Yeah. Just to kind of carry on that same point Aggie, that you made of like doing things once I'll just bring up what I mentioned in the intro of like in season one I feel like we had more instances where they were able to change either their photos or their profile or like update something that we just didn't see this time around like they picked their photo at the start and that was their photo and then they never changed their profile which might seem insignificant but I interpreted it as kind of a lost opportunity for some type of gameplay in that like you could then change and manipulate how the other players were seeing you and that really was kind of the only way aside from what you did in challenges and how you communicated with them it was the only way for anyone to get any sense of like who you are your personality whether or not you might be real what kind of vibes you were putting out there um so I missed that just because like the whole impetus behind the game is that it's like oh what do people think of you and how far can you get climbing your way through just social media and it was like well we didn't really use social media this time like we didn't we just had one photo and it was just communicating which is still I guess to the point but it it wasn't like people didn't seem to be making as many impressions based on just the photos you were giving them as they were in season one which I think can be such a huge part of the game because like you're gonna judge people based on the photos that they put you just are I, I wanted to see more I felt like one of the cool parts about last season is when they got to update their profile you got to see a different aspect to their personality and kind of get to know them better. And maybe that could force you to feel differently about that person, right? If you don't like their original photo and then they like maybe add one, like Shabam, I feel like he really benefited from that. Everyone was like, oh my God, Shabam is like actually delicious. And like, you didn't really get any of that. There was one time where they added photos to the newsfeed, but like, we never went back to the newsfeed to see them again. It was like part of a challenge. So you were like, I guess that photo of Ed, or Ed, LOL, Mitchell's ass is just gone. Like, I, I guess we just only get to see it once and then never again. Good job, Mitchell. Your butt is great, but never again will we look at it. Yeah, I agree. I kind of wish there had been a chance for them to update something. Because remember, they used to make statuses in season one. Like, just happy to have another day in the circle. And you were like, this is stupid. But it did affect how you read them, right? But I think... I actually don't agree. I don't think it affected how people looked at them at all. I, th- I think the pictures did, but like the statuses, like they were posting statuses every day. Like we didn't see them every day. We saw them like once or twice and then we didn't see them again. Like we didn't like get to see their status updates all the time. So I don't think it actually 
affected the game more so. And I think they, I wonder if they just cut them out because they put in other things that did affect the game. And so they're like, well, we're not going to show you all these things. Like, we're not going to do status updates because it didn't have that much play on the game, but the new challenges that we do will have a play on the game. I do agree, though, that they should have been updating pictures more because, like, with Tara Leisha, when she showed those two pictures, people were like, oh, she's a catfish. She looks fake. Those two pictures look fake. And so it would have been more interesting if we saw the picture updates more frequently. I think it would be a cool addition if, like, they have to change their profile picture, like, every other day or something. Because that way it's, like, the catfishes really have to think about what picture they're choosing. Do I look that different that, it, like, does this work So Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I didn't even really notice that those things changed, but it does seem like it wasn't as much about your profile. It was much more like your chat, your communication, like chatting with people or the games or, like, other things. Like, I didn't really think about, I, yeah, when a new person came in, obviously they had to, like, choose their pictures and stuff, but I feel like I don't remember that much about the profiles or anything like that so it is an interesting I just remember that picture of Mitchell at the gym like well oh. yeah I, <laughs> I remember him choosing his pictures yeah I was like I cannot look at the picture of Mitchell at the gym and it doesn't even look like him because his hair is like very long now like no I don't ever need to see this picture of Mitchell at the gym ever again and that's all it ever was or like Chloe in her red dress like I, we get it oh my gosh wait this reminds me um did anyone else notice Chloe had that picture in a frame on her like bed table they all had their they all had their profile <laughs> Yeah. River like is holding his. Oh, <laughs> but like, I, like so they don't forget in case they are a catfish that like, like this I is who you're being. This, like, is this is that. Like whenever, what? whenever they looked at the TV, Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell always had his profile picture framed in front of the TV. River always like had his by him too. So like they all had a framed picture of their profile picture, which makes me think that they didn't get to pick out their profile picture. Like, they didn't get to pick it in real time in the circle. They had to, like, pretend to pick it in the yeah. circle. They picked yeah. it many moons yeah. ago so a producer could go run them a copy of it and put it in a frame. <laughs> a beautiful West Elm frame. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know why. I just only, I just noticed Chloe's, like, in the background one day, and I was like. Yeah, because she had it on her bedside table, Stacey. <laughs> That's what was weird. That's why you noticed it, because you were like, Chloe, do you sleep with this? And be like. I love you, Chloe. Like, why do you have this right next to your bedside? No, you like, only notice bed? Chloe because Chloe is an icon and the only person to notice in this entire season. <laughs> it's true that it's not true. There's so many. I think what? there's a lot of strong members, even though Chloe is my favorite. That is a hot take. It is a hot take. Okay, is there anything else, like, just that we noticed between, uh, different between season two and season one? I think, Anna, you brought this up in One Minute Thoughts, but the pacing... I feel like you said something about pacing. I felt like the pacing was so much stronger. Mm -hmm. It just I, felt like we were funneling the action towards an end goal and there wasn't as much like idle time, probably because people were actively expressing to the camera that they were strategizing. And so you saw them like working a few steps ahead. So you were able to look a little bit ahead. I think um, too, Anna, with that, like, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but like sometimes you would jump to a conversation like halfway through that conversation. Like, if you, like, looked on the screen, there's, like, definitely, like, five or so previous messages than what we were actually seeing. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like the editors were just like, well, we don't need to show them every single time they start the new chat. We'll just show them when that chat becomes relevant which I really appreciated because so much of the first season was like, hey, Rebecca, you're beautiful and I love you so much. 
how's it going my number one and like we don't need to hear <laughs> this introduction every single time so I like appreciate it in season two they're like we're gonna just show you what's relevant it's kind of like looking at the second time they do Exile Island and Survivor compared to the first where it's like we saw so much of random shit on Exile Island that you didn't need to see but mm-hmm. then the second time they did it you only saw what you needed to see and so it became better the editors knew what they were doing yeah it does seem like they tried to cut out some of the like unnecessary parts or like redundant parts so yeah I definitely think it was improved in a lot of ways okay well let's go ahead and talk more about the challenge no the game right I honestly feel like we could talk about challenges a little bit just as like a difference between season one and season two and I think it leads into right because I feel like with the challenges this season they Mm. actually did affect how people one viewed people cough the makeup challenge cough exactly um but also people were so shady. Yeah. Like every time we had a challenge in season one, people were so nice. (laughs) And it's like when they were making the cake, like everyone was like, oh, Joey tried. It's really bad, but he tried. Or like when they painted the pictures of each other, they were all like, oh, that's so sweet. I can't believe he did that for me. And this time, like we're literally like curly haired and calculated or whatever on River's picture because it was submitted anonymously and you're like oh my god who is it and they're all like trying to like do their own like backhanded like who's talking about that like what's going on so I felt like the games were so much more interesting in that regard but also like hilarious because when they had to do the math and trivia and all of them got it wrong idiots (laughs) Jack, I was like guys it's 286 like I did the math and I'm Jack's like it's 286 I'm like yes bro Jack is the college student so I hope he's (laughs) he's taking and I think isn't he doing like some science thing so hopefully he he can use I don't well did they have calculators I don't know but hopefully you know you expect him to accept this math was math we could all do (laughs) I I mean Uh, is it (laughs) I'm sorry, 50 times four, two fifties makes a hundred, another two fifties makes 200. And then it said minus 13 plus 99, just add the 99 first and then subtract the 13. Minus 13 and my mind turns. (laughs) Then you you don't do the minus 13 first, add the 99 because it's easier and then subtract 13 from that. Can you tell I teach second grade? It's very (laughs) Yeah, I would be lost. Also, I'm sure they have a time limit that we don't see of like, you have to give an answer within like a certain window of time. Cause I did it in the time that it took them to do it. I did it in like 25 seconds. It's kind of like on the challenge when they have math, like, but they're like running a mile and then they have like a math problem. And I'm like, I wouldn't know it either. So (laughs) we can talk about this at a separate time, but those challenges are garbage because they don't follow the order of operations. (laughs) I just have a whole other bone to pick with the challenge about math. Bitch, you can't do plus and then divide and tell them that they go in that order. No. Do the division first, you fucking bitches. Like, we're out of fucking parentheses. Like, that's not order of operations, and that's why I would fail the challenge. Anyway, not the point of this podcast, but, like, I have feelings. So, sorry if if you said this already, but to me, the most interesting new aspect of the challenges was, like, the makeup challenge of it all, because you directly saw production putting an obstacle in somebody's catfishing plan. There is no other reason to have that challenge if 
right not to expose that yeah. one of your players is not who they say they are, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I go back and forth. Cause I'm like, I love that. That's a hurdle that production is saying, if you're going to catfish, you need to like be on top of it because we're going to put something in your path that you're going to have to prove that you are who you say you are, whether it's in the challenge or convincing people afterwards that like, Oh, I just don't like do makeup, whatever. And I loved that. But I'm also like, the way that it played out in this instant was like in this instance was so like Jack was unable to recover from it so I'm like it was so much of a hurdle but I feel like moving forward in the next subsequent season if the players come in catfishing they will expect something like that so I'm like it's a good instance of like okay this is the first time we've seen it yeah it was really harsh but now moving forward if people are expecting it, they will be better prepared for those situations, which means we can have more challenges like that that are mm-hmm. going to disrupt things. So the common sense consequence, like you didn't prepare. The common sense consequence. <laughs> you didn't prepare. So this is your consequence. That's the episode title of, right there. I was kind of shook that it didn't raise more flags about Trevor. Agreed. It only raised flags about Emily which like which like agreed (laughs) it should have Jack was terrible Jack if you're listening bro come on it's not that difficult but Trevor's was so good like flawlessly perfect and like I feel like one or two I think Kat said something Kat was like why is this so good for being a single dad and like this man why is this so good? But then she never talked about it and never brought it up again. And like, it just like, wasn't talked about. Yeah. All the focus was just put on Emily. And I was like, guys, why are we not talking about Trevor's being flawlessly perfect? I think because Emily's was so terrible. Like hers was so bad that they just were like, any other moments that we're having of doubt, we all got to just pinpoint Emily because this is clearly not a woman. And it's like, like, it's not that hard to like conceptualize how to do makeup. Like you're given products and you're given like canvas. Like you can kind yeah. of figure it out. Yeah, like had to try to be that bad. I'm kidding. Yeah, like I don't do makeup. I would have struggled, but I would have like <laughs> fucking figured it out. <laughs> But like, like I would have known that go... my skin would be white styrofoam. But so like, where's the it... thing to paint the white styrofoam? Why did he go for the paint? Why did he go for the powder? Because like, he's a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> I'm like, it's. I get it. You don't know what foundation is, but foundation is liquid and it looks like paint. <laughs> also, like <laughs> that's what I said. You're a twenty-year-old, so like we know that you're on TikTok and social media. So you've seen a makeup video once or twice, bro. You also are catfishing as one of your closest friends. You've literally never been with her when she was getting ready, not once. <laughs> We have a lot of questions for Jack, clearly. <laughs> Jack, come on the pod. We'd love to have you. Come on the pod. Also be my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm, no, you're too young for me, but. I was like, Anna, he's young. He's a child. A when child. I realized how young he was, I was like, I can't. Because I started following him on Instagram right before he had his 21st birthday celebration. I thought he was like, maybe like 23, 24, like just finishing college. No, he's a baby. He's a child. He's an actual infant. He is 20. I was like, ooh, by 30, it's different. Like, (laughs) he's attracted to you, Jack. It's not okay. It's not okay. And that's okay. You know what I mean? It's fine. Like, he doesn't fit the rule (laughs) for me. Like, half plus seven, he doesn't doesn't fit that rule. So, sorry, Jack. Okay. What were we talking about? The challenges. Okay. I do agree with Anna that, yeah, the mate, like, it was just cool to see them, like, put in challenges that had some kind of like actual bearing on what happens it wasn't just like let's 
just do this challenge, like do some trivia and nothing. Well, and that was another, I mean, the trivia, like if, you know, Trevor didn't know the basketball, if you don't know those basketball people, especially for Trevor, because of kind of how, I think he was wearing like a basketball hat in his profile or something. Like he seemed, he's from like Brooklyn. I don't know. It just seemed like he would know these three pretty popular basketball players. I even know them. I feel like, yeah, the challenges were trying to maybe throw some like, what's the word, some hurdles in there. So I think that actually him getting that right squashed all talk of him being a catfish, which I think is actually how Delisa ended up winning. Like it was the start of her sort of like winner's streak there of like getting people to trust her and like making choices that were important for her game. But I think that put to bed a lot of the catfish talk about Trevor because Mm -hmm. in the first three episodes she was talking like a woman with a man's profile and I was like no no you're a woman women can't like basketball you guys (laughs) it wasn't even that Anna it was like the way he spoke he was like OMG and I was like guys don't really type that like oh no I mean like after the challenge of like no way like a woman like no way a woman (laughs) the only reason Kat did is because she's also an athlete like Mm -hmm. I knew them. Did you know that? I knew. I just didn't know who Scotty Pippen was. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, and this might go more into gameplay. So I don't know if there's more specific challenges people want to talk about, but it's also interesting because I think they, even season one, like, some of them had a notebook or maybe all of them. But, like, you can see who did some kind of, like, if someone knew I'm going to be a catfish, at least for Trevor, like, they did write down these facts. They maybe got, you know, I think she got her husband to, like, tell her some things. And this again, Makes me think like, I get, you wouldn't know that you need to know like brands of makeup necessarily, but I do think maybe Jack needed to do a little more research. So, but it's just interesting how like you could use your notebook also as like, you know, some support. I'm also, oh God, Jack annoyed me in that episode because I was like, I don't don't even know five brands of makeup. Do not watch commercials on TV. (laughs) Like, dude. Only watches Survivor, Nick. Yeah, but that's on Nation. That's also has commercials, which would also show you like CoverGirl, Revlon, Maybelline, like bro. Rimmel London. Rimmel I'm London. Bet he doesn't have sisters. Yeah, I was like, you must not have sisters. You must not. He could have even said like, again, this shows I don't know the names, but like, doesn't Kylie Jenner have like a popular one? Kylie Jenner Cosmetics, Jeffree Star Cosmetics, Kat Von D Cosmetics, ColourPop. Color that boy Pop. don't know Jeffree Star. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. If you are anywhere on the internet, you know who Jeffree Star is. I just disagree. Like, I didn't know who he was until you told me who he was. We should, this should be like one of our Instagram things is like, can you, you name Jeffree Star? Can, <laughs> so can oh, you name makeup brands? <laughs> Mm-hmm. yes okay but anyway so that I just think it's interesting that like yeah you could also do more research and just yeah and I think this will carry into season three just like having some notes of like these are some things I should know names of or brands of or like be able to talk about so okay then let's just continue talking about the gameplay so we can talk starting with the joker twist because that was new um in like the inner circle so what are people's thoughts on that I mean I can start I like the <laughs> I liked the Joker twist. Just, it was something new. Um, I thought it was cool that like someone would get to talk to the new people first and just like have some um, influence. And wasn't the Joker like voted on or something? Like it was because 
what's her face Savannah Savannah. picked him as who she thought should win yeah so so it was again like we were talking about last week how there just didn't seem to be like advantages that you really got like there just didn't seem to be anything that like pushed you up just the voting so I liked even just how you could become the joker um, and then like no one else really knew it was happening. So I, yeah, I thought it was a cool twist. I will say like, I think that again, it just kind of happened that it ended up being Courtney, but I think Courtney was getting like the villain edit of this show. And I don't, I have a feeling he's like a pretty nice person in general and like, isn't a villain. So I, you know, I didn't like how it kind of maybe worked against him in the end, but I like the twist. I'm not going to lie. Courtney annoyed me and kind of was a villain. <laughs> And it could have been the edit talking. But my thing with Courtney was like, every little thing was like, he held a grudge on, mm-hmm. you know? Like Savannah, he held on to that grudge and every, he wouldn't make alliances with other people or talk to other people because of what happened with Savannah. And I was like, oh my God, she's the second person gone. Like, dude, move on. It's been two days, move forward. Every other thing that happened, it was like the end of the world to him. And I just found it, tiring to watch after a while i had like a mild turnaround on courtney in like the last probably two or three episodes because what i started to think about courtney because i was annoyed with him as well i was like he's getting this villain edit which i didn't like because i really liked him at the beginning i was like wow his energy is great like he's so fun and then the savannah thing went down and he was so salty and you're like bro like you gotta chill there's nothing we can do about it anymore she's gone but i really at the end, I was almost, it was almost like watching the seasons where the alliances won't be shaken up. Like you can't get in with the alliance, even though like you're maybe a good person or like the fans might like you, like you just can't get a footing in the game. And I felt like Courtney was in that position and I started to respect him a little bit. Like I still didn't love the way he was playing the game because it it bothered me as a viewer, but I was like, okay, I respect you. Like he was like, Kat, it's too little too late. And I was like, but I love Kat. Like just let Kat in. And he's like, no, cause then I don't get the hundred thousand dollars. Like I don't get closer to a hundred thousand. And I was like, actually I do respect that as a strategy. Like, am I a little bit annoyed with you and how it's playing out for the players that I maybe like because you've been maybe given this villain edit? Sure, 100%. But I was like, honestly, I kind of respect it. Like you and River have been together the whole time. He was your number one. You were his number one. And so you guys are just kind of like working together, trying to figure out what you should do. And it didn't make sense for you to bring Mitchell in or bring Kat in. It just didn't because you were like, they could potentially take over for us. And I was like, I'm less mad because I understand that you were trying to be strategic, but I'm a little bit mad because it was a little bit annoying. Like the execution was a little bit annoying, but again, I think that could be the edit, which we can talk about, but. I definitely agree with you. I feel like, especially with Courtney in particular, we got the like sassy gay edit too. And I was like, to a certain extent, yes, that was what we were seeing, but it became like overwhelmingly so much of his personality. But I do agree with you. Like it grew on me once Savannah was gone and we got over that hump eventually, though I agree it did take a little bit too long. I was like all in on Courtney, especially like by the last few episodes. As far as like Courtney as the Joker and that as like a new aspect of the game is concerned, I liked that it added something beyond your friend alliance gets voted off and they come visit you and can like give you tea, whatever. It added something beyond that in terms of like some kind of advantage, despite the fact that someone you were aligned with is gone. So it was like, if you did the work to like build up a relationship with this person and then that person happens to be the one sent home, like it's a loss to your game, but you still get a kickback from it. So it's not a total loss. I don't know if that totally makes sense, but I I liked that there was something to be like, 
okay, one of your closest friends in the circle is gone, but you're being rewarded for like your loyalty or whatever with this parting gift. So I liked that because otherwise like people just leave and it's like, okay, now they're just like, now Savannah's just gone. It doesn't mean anything. So I liked that with that departure, there was just something behind it that made it mean more. Yes. Which, you know, this goes back to last week when I said, I would like the voted out people to become a jury. Cause yeah, I do think you should have some kind of impact. So yeah, I liked the the Joker twist kind of added that. And then speaking of people leaving, you know, the game, we had Jack and Lisa both leave and then end up being able to come back as a catfish of John. So what did people think of that twist? Cause that was definitely way different. Th- I mean, the two people thing they did last time with the mom and the son, but this was a big change. So what did people think Aggie what did you say in the beginning about it uh it made me like Jack more and it made me like Lisa even less oh I was so glad we had more of Jack but I wanted way less of Lisa and I somehow had more of her on my screen than I needed it was it was worded better but regardless I think my favorite part of it was how awkward they were together because these are two people that like would not hang out in real life mainly I think because of their age difference I was like granted not many 20 year olds hang out with with 45 year old women like it's just not common and so the fact that they had to share a sleeping space like they had separate beds thank god but like you know what I mean like can you imagine a forced proximity trope in the middle of the circle I would die I would die I would live I would live anyway um (laughs) I'm sorry that was like I'm now in book talk rather than talking about the circle. Anyway, I said this to Nick. I was like, do we think it was always the plan because they knew Lance and Emily were going to go out together? Or would it, like if Courtney had been six and Jack had been, Jack slash Emily had been seven, would they still have been forced to catfish together? Or was it a, it was a circumstance because they were both catfish. I mean, I think production had a plan for that week always because it was always the plan for that week for two people to go out. And then they had the other apartment with two bedrooms ready to go. And they had like John's profile and pictures like set up like ready. So I feel like it was always the plan. Now maybe production played with the ratings a little bit. So it was two catfish who went out. I don't know. But I do I think, think they more it played was... with the game. But anyway, sorry. But I do think they, it was definitely like always going to be the two people who went out that week were going to go and do that. I would agree with that because like Jack makes sense to bring back because he was fun on screen. Lisa less so. Like I don't know that she would have been the obvious choice unless there was some kind of weird circle relationship with Lance Bass. Like who's who's to say (laughs) what's going on there? But yeah, I agree. It was probably like, oh, we'll do a double elimination and bring those two people back, whoever they are, unless they were both duds in which case, goodbye forever. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was um Savannah and who was it, Tara Alicia? <laughs> they had to like live together. <laughs> that would have been iconic. <laughs> My thing with it though, like with this twist is like, I wish more would have come from it. You know, nothing happened. It it comes back to the issue that the people who come in later have zero chance of ever winning the game. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a flaw in the show's design that Mm -hmm. they need to fix. Because like, it's just, it's never going to happen that these people will ever have a chance of winning. And I think they were like, oh, maybe if two people who like don't actually leave, they just start with a new person. Maybe Mm -hmm. that'll change up like the way it goes and change up their odds but like no because there's still a new person and they can't come in and be like hey I know all this shit about you I've been friends with you like no like you can't do that unless you're a psychic but you know (laughs) that was a choice 
<laughs> I also feel like this is now the second time that they've tried to push this idea of like two heads are better than one. Like you can like have somebody like check your messages before you send them and it'll like be better. And it just hasn't been in either case. Like it doesn't seem to actually help that much. And so it feels sort of like we're just piling on an extra person. Yeah. I kind of agree and kind of disagree. I actually think their profile and their conversations were pretty strong as a duo. But I think they didn't reach out enough. Like they were waiting for people to reach out to them because they were new. And I wish they had like taken the reins and been like, yo, like I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to get to know you. I feel like Trevor would have used them in his plot to get out Courtney and River, but he became like this extra miscellaneous character instead of a participant in the game. And I do think that was driven by Lisa. Lisa never reached out to anyone. And I think if Jack had had the reins by himself with a different profile, he would have been doing more. But I think you had to balance this two situation because like, I felt like Lisa kind of brought Jack's game down. No offense, Lisa, you seem like a lovely human, but I just felt like she kind of brained him back. And like, that's not what you can do if you're going to come in late. I think we talked last season about how good, bad or ugly with Ed, he came in like guns blazing. And I think you're going to have to do that. And I'm hoping in season three, which comes out in a few weeks, that we have someone come in late who like wants to go balls to the walls. Like I want to be friends because I felt like Kat did an actually pretty good job of that. I think her being second as an influencer, like she wasn't an influencer because of the double blocking or because of the Joker nonsense. Like I don't remember which twist made her not an influencer but she was second after being there for like three days. Like that's pretty good. Like that shows she was in there really trying to play this game. I'm hoping people see Kat's success and what caused her downfall and like are able to use that in season three to like motivate them to play a little bit differently if they're the second round of people coming in. It's also kind of on production's end because in both season one and two, like the, what I'm going to call the weaker players, which is not a very nice term, but that's what I'm going to use both in the game and just as an on-screen presence, those were the people that they were putting in late. And so I'd be interested to see if they switched it up. Like if someone like Courtney came in halfway through instead of at the start, would a stronger player, like a more bold personality be able to achieve that? I don't know, but it seems like we're saving like the more timid less interesting people and pushing them in later um, well, they did the same like, thing with love island and i was like we already like the people that you you already put you gave us the best at the start and then you just kept shuffling in like worse people to watch so we don't like them like but we I think that's time from, with them and they're less interesting i think that comes from like production being like well we have to put in all these people we have to put in the interesting people at the beginning otherwise people won't come back for more but like cast only interesting people no right? yeah like, i mean true like cast only good people i do think mitchell was a good casting choice i, I thought cat was i too. thought mitchell was a good casting choice i thought cat was a good casting choice well, I guess those were the only two late people to come in. Oh, Lance Bass was late too. Mm -hmm. I think, so I'm now sort of thinking about this. I think one of the flaws of this show is that it's a final five. <laughs> so I think by having a final five, it makes for more interesting at the round table, right? Like the reveal of who everyone is, because if it were only three people at that table, it wouldn't be as exciting. But I think that cuts the length of time enough that it is very detrimental to anyone who comes in late because you only have like really three days, like maybe four, like it's just like not a long enough period of time. But if it was like, you have to get to final three, I think we'd see alliances go further. I think we'd see some of those new people become quote unquote votes, almost like survivor of like, 
I can use you in my scheme. But if you're just trying to get to final five and it's mm-hmm. like six, who's the sixth man out? It's the extra, the one who came in late. Whereas like, if you're trying to get to a final three, you're going to have to cut some ties with people you've been with the whole time. You know who can do that? that extra person and they can take the blame for it, make them the influencer. They can then have to take the blame and it goes on them rather than on you, even though it was your idea. Like, I think the final five in an attempt to get that ending, that final episode that really is just like, what the fuck? You're not real. I don't know. Start with 10 players or something like this should be a longer process mm-hmm. or bring everybody back and do the reveal anyway. Like have the final vote and then have an entire like round table of everybody. Or they do the reveal whenever somebody's eliminated. It's like we get the reveal. So it's yeah. like, I don't think it's like that big of a deal to like cut the round table down. Cause like, I agree that like, there's no way that John should have made it to the finale. Mm-hmm. There's no way that he should have been there. like it didn't make sense it was honestly frustrating that john made it there over mitchell but then like it was Mm -hmm. frustrating that like he was there at all Mm -hmm. that's a part of the show that i really don't like is that we bring in people late knowing that they are going to lose and have no chance yeah i would be curious to watch like the foreign seasons because there is like five different versions of the circle to like see if people come in late there and do well and that's why we're continuing on this format Mm -hmm. but it just like seems like why are we continuing to do this if it doesn't work we know it doesn't work let's stop i mean it hasn't worked in the like two seasons we've done which is why it's an interesting show to see how it's going to develop right because seeing all these things come in and how it could potentially have changed it i do hope they change some things to make it even better and stronger in season three at netflix call us we have thoughts (laughs) but i think we're taking steps in the right direction i now just want all of it to sort of align so that it's just really strong beginning to end because i felt like the last two episodes kind of dragged there's not that much happening anymore I'm annoyed with River and Courtney being like this alliance and like super excited about Trevor, like trying to break up the two. But because it's final six, like it's a really hard climb to that. It's a hard climb to break up that alliance now when it's not a final three scenario that you're going for. It's a final five. And I think that's something we've all learned from Survivor too, is like those votes that get you to final three, those are the more important ones. And like the final six, final five ones are sometimes easier to find a goat in that situation to like get rid of that. Like just... Mm-hmm. whatever or like pull them with you and I just I want it to like all come together in season three mm-hmm. yeah I think also having like the final ranking with five I mean and this was another thing that I think was different at least from what we saw is like it seemed like people were much more strategic and like I'm gonna put their, this person at five just because I think they're already gonna get a lot of votes and like I don't know when there's just three there's not like you just put them for a second or third you can't, you're not thinking too much about like trying to like sabotage someone as much so yeah I think the final three is a good idea for sure any other thoughts on gameplay or twist I feel like we covered the main ones. Then let's talk about um, our honorable mention, which we're going to kind of lead into that with one of our fans of Spoken. So yeah, we put up our little Instagram box. We wanted to hear y'all's thoughts on The Circle, season two. And two people mentioned Chloe, who will be our honorable mention. So vibes, uh, we did it, vibes, (laughs) we did it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, one person said, hated Chloe. But then she grows on you. That was Erin Heinland. Thank you. And then Polly T820, shout out to you, said, Chloe saved the show, <laughs> basically. So go ahead. Thoughts on Chloe? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the positive. Here he goes. I mean, come on now. 
she's an icon. She has a point. She's an icon. She's a legend. And she is the moment. Come on now. We all know it to be true. This bitch saved the show. Everything she did on that television screen was iconic. Every single thing. From the moment she stepped through that door with a giant unicorn and said, oh my God, there's a bed and you'll sleep right here, baby. And it was just like, oh my God. Every single time that bitch's mouth opened, iconic television. That is why you watch reality TV, is to watch people like that is to get that kind of self-producing, that kind of iconic behavior. That is what reality TV is about, is bitches like that. She is perfection. No flaws, nothing. Icons only, Chloe. She is also from Essex, and like I have never met an Essex girl who I didn't love. So like, vibes, she's the one. She's the one, vibes. I'll talk more specifically than that beautiful speech about why she's iconic. I personally, I didn't love her in episode one. I also thought she was going to go home early based on the edit. So I was like, oh my God, are we only getting her for one episode? Like she just came in like hot and we are just like immediately extinguishing her flame. No, no, bitch was there until the end. And I loved that. Bitch was top two. Bitch was top two. I personally, the reason I liked Chloe is, and I think this is the reason I liked Mitchell also, who could also kind of go in this category. They were kind of more than I thought they were going to be. So with Chloe, I did think she was going to be, because she was on Too Hot to Handle and she literally famously is like, I won about $10 because she just made out with everyone and lost all her money. I definitely made an assumption about her as a human from the jump of like, I don't think I'm going to like you. I don't think I'm going to really enjoy watching you. And then in reality, she was funny. She was very honest, very real with every single person she talked to. I felt like because she, I think she says it really well. I think at the like round table with the five, she's like, I just couldn't have imagined playing as anyone but myself. And she like self-deprecatingly is like, I'm not smart enough. But I also think it's because she is exactly who she says she is. I think she's a girl's girl through and through. You do one thing for Chloe and she's got your back forever, which is a quality I wish I had. Like she is just like so genuinely like wants to believe what you tell her. Maybe to a point where it's problematic at times, like being naive and gullible could potentially like bite her in the ass. And I think it ended up doing that to her in the circle but she was just so honest like people told her real things like she had genuine relationships with everyone the fact that she was influencer like number one influencer like every fucking time they did ratings I think really reflected who she was as a person now can I understand why people find her grading sure can I understand why people are like Chloe you're too much sure but I think when I looked back at all of her like quote-unquote antics across the show she is just so genuinely like she loves what she's doing she like threw herself into every challenge she like didn't fuck around she was like I want to be here I want to win the money but I also like I'm making genuine bonds with people I just thought she was like a lovely human and she I thought in contrast to Emily, who I thought was so funny as Jack, but she was like, Emily, you're saying nothing. Like nothing that you've said is really, you know, a, an opinion. And I was like, I kind of respect that. Mm. Bitch, you came in and you were like, no, I'm just going to tell you how the fuck it is. And I'm going to like actually try and build real relationships with people. I was like, honestly, Chloe, for someone, I didn't expect that from you. So mm. fucking respect. And so I just, I live, breathe and die for Chloe. Like I, 
<laughs> I will hear no arguments. We'll yet, take sir. a bullet for this woman. Like, oh, I take a bullet for her. I love her so much. I love her so much. But I, it does come from like a, I wish I could live my life the way she lives hers. To be perfectly honest. But now we can hear the the negatives for Chloe. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. I will hear no negatives from Chloe. I will ignore you both. Thank you. I'll listen to you. This is the section where Nick just like walks away for a bit. What <laughs> he has to like plug his ears. This or is something. the section of the podcast that we call homophobic rhetoric. Thank you. This has nothing to do with that. Okay. So here, I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I don't know, Anna, you actually might be next on the, I don't know. I'll just share. I, know, my, I don't know where we fall in the, <laughs> on the range, but you go first. Have, we didn't discuss it enough, you know, beforehand, but I'll just say like, I mean, I think she was great TV. I think, I don't know, like at the start, when I first watched it, especially like I didn't even know what Too Hot to Handle was. So I was just like, was she good on the show? Like, I was just like, I don't, does it matter that she was on the show? Like, I'm not really sure. I know she said she only won $10, but I was just like, I don't like, I was, I guess I was surprised that so many people recognized her. Cause I was like, I've never seen that girl in my life. <laughs> so like, it's not like Lance Bass where I was like, what? And then they're like, who is that? And I was just like, what am I old? <laughs> like what's happening? <laughs> so anyway, I guess I wasn't like, you know, impressed at the start by that. But then I do think she was good TV. Like, I think she said really funny things. She's like, you know, sweeping her room and then just like putting it under the rug. Like she had great one-liners for sure. But I just, I don't know. I just kind of, like, I feel more connected to a player like Shuby from last year where I'm just like, he's also being genuine, but it's like the complete opposite. Like he's just so like nerdy. And with her, I was just kind of like, I don't know. She also was able to use the flirt card a ton, obviously. Although, I mean, she really did fall for Trevor. That wasn't like her just trying to, you know, win the game, but I don't know. I just was like, not I just feel like she probably wouldn't be my best friend in real life. Like, I don't think we'd be friends. I'm, so I just, I would, we would be like nice to each other, but I just feel like I couldn't relate that much to her. So I'm curious to hear Anna, where Anna falls. <laughs> so I'll start with the positive because I will say like, I was really annoyed with her at first. She did grow on me. Similarly, not to plug Love Island again, but Shannon on Love Island, I had the same thing. She came in, I was like, this is an annoying bitch. And then by like episode three, I was like, okay, she's more well-rounded than that. Like I give Chloe props A for, as everybody mentioned, like being her authentic self. Like that was really great. That was really refreshing. But I appreciated that she was also like not one dimensional because I was expecting her to be one dimensional based on everything about the first impression of her. So on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, great. She was great TV. She had a lot to say, a lot to bring to the table. She was fun. She was upbeat. She was genuine and was able to make like a deeper connection with people. I think my issue, well, my first issue was just that I I find her annoying. (laughs) Like, and that's just me finding like a bubbly bitch from Essex annoying. Fine. No hard feelings. But like, it it was hard to listen to her. I think my bigger issue with Chloe is not her as a person. Like, I actually think she'd be super fun to hang out with in real life. But I think to loop back to your point, Nick, of like, you said like, this is the kind of person that you want to see on reality TV. You're not wrong. I don't disagree with you, but it's too obvious for me. This is who you expect to see on any reality show. She is the blueprint. And that to me is just not what I wanted to see. And that's not what I wanted to see make it so far where I'm like, it's just, she just seemed like the obvious choice. I was like, yeah, she's giving like funny sound bites. But at the end of the day, like I've seen this girl before and like, she's been on other, like she's been on another reality show. Like she is the obvious choice of the type of personality to put on a show like this, which again, to your point, great. It makes for good TV, but I was just a little bit bored by her. So I went from being annoyed by her to being like, okay, I'm buying what you're selling, but now I'm just sort of 
over it. Like I found her predictable. I found her, I'll use the word obvious again, just because like it seemed unoriginal to me to have Chloe or a person like Chloe of that personality type. And I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but to me, I was like, it feels like the safe choice, which is not a wrong choice. Like it makes for good TV, great. But it felt like a safe, predictable choice of a person to cast on your show. And like, it's 2021, we have so many different personality types and like there's so much TV out there that like to have the same personality type across multiple shows like I think says something it's just not interesting to me like I want something else mm-hmm. I don't again I don't know if that makes sense but she seems like a lovely person but unoriginal <laughs> not your fate I like I get it but like I don't know I guess I'm just like on the other side of like it's the blueprint and like the blueprint works and I think like the first season they tried to cast not around that blueprint and it didn't work as well like mm-hmm. the show like was missing things to it and like it was missing that reality tv aspect of it and like it was missing big personalities like you only have like Joey and everybody else like kind of fell flat halfway through but like I feel like Chloe like never let the show fall flat but again like that's for me like my favorite reality TV personality is like Tiffany Pollard New York I like those personalities like that's why I watch reality TV I don't want to watch something to like experience the new version I want to watch the trashy and so like that's like why I go for her why I live and breathe for her and die for her but I do also like though she came in as that blueprint as that trashy person but like like Aggie said like she kind of proved us all wrong she was kind of like you know like I'm doing this for I want to help with like my dad's rehab recovery and like I'm happy that like I'm getting to be the top influencer or like in the top two or top three like week after week after week simply by being myself like I'm not being anybody else and then like watching those moments I was like oh my god like maybe you're not just like this like bimbo that like we kind of all just pegged you to be and so I think that's like where like the heart came in for me with her. I mean she definitely had heart and she was authentic and like I said she was multi-dimensional which I appreciated like she wasn't just a cardboard cutout of like a trope but at the same time like that that to me is still kind of a carbon copy of what we see on every show. And again, like there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like it does make for good TV and like there's nothing wrong with her. I just, it's not what I like out of my reality shows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in a petition, like like a little <laughs> note. If she hadn't had the Essex accent, I wouldn't have liked her as much. <laughs> I, mean, I would have liked her more, I think. <laughs> I I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think the Essex accent was so fun. that I was just like, girl, I am team you. I am team Clo Clo. Like, yes, bitch, you better fucking work. Like, I was The Only Way is Essex. No, but I have seen the, like, Real Housewives of Essex show. The Only Way is Essex is a great fucking time. <laughs> yeah, like, I think I just love an Essex girl. Like, mm-hmm. I think we'd get along. And so I was just like... Chloe, you're just like a delight. I also am one of those people who I have the same emotions as the people on the screen. So like if someone is crying, I'm getting emotional. If someone is smiling, like I'm smiling. And Chloe does that. Like her energy was infectious. Mm-hmm. And it could have been the edit, but Courtney's was not. <laughs> or like other people's were not. But like anytime Chloe was on my screen, I was like, oh my God, I love her. Like I just, ah. Like she'd walk out and I'd be like, Chloe. Oh, you're here like I was such a woo girl for Chloe like I was in see that's how I felt about Delisa because I felt like she was she always had like a good attitude and just like was funny and like interesting too so I think we all just had people we kind of connected with more um, I did enjoy Delisa but sometimes yeah. Trevor was annoying so <laughs> I 
the, the last word that I would say about Chloe is like, I'm never a fan of the person who needs to be the loudest person in the room <laughs> or like the loudest person on the show. And I think well, she like, was, she had a need <laughs> Aggie to be the loudest person in the show. What? Me and Aggie will be over here in our apartment. Talk to you never. <laughs> I, I'm the loudest I'm, people in the room. It's us. It's me and Nick always, and we're the fucking worst. But like, I like you guys. Like, <laughs> so you'd like Chloe, Anna. I'm not saying I wouldn't like Chloe. I think Chloe and I would be pals. I think she'd be a great time out. But on a show, I don't need. I think like, like, Anna, you don't need to be the biggest person on the screen at all times. I think Anna's feelings towards Chloe are my feelings towards Tyson. Ooh. You know? Like, I think that's, like, what it is. So you're saying that you, you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. No, but you don't understand where I'm coming from for Tyson. So, like, we, like, don't understand, but understand that. You don't understand? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> yes, but not in that way, you know? Yeah, but not in that way. I'm lost. <laughs> so. You can, like, wrap this up, guys. Like, we're well, no, I mean, Chloe's talk. At least we were able to share our opinions in a respectful way, you know? We're, we're, for us. We we're learned good. from worlds apart how to respect different. we've come very far we've come very far okay but let's talk so that was um our honorable mention and some of our fans have spoken but the other fans have spoken was um about savannah so it's, so aaron again said savannah went out too early what are your thoughts and i will start and say i liked savannah a lot at the beginning and i was just like why do you have to get in this like drama like i feel like you actually could have been very well liked and could have like gone very far but then it was like once the drama started it was they just neither of them could let it go and it became they became like hyper focused on each other and this is a social game like you gotta be careful I know it's not jury management but it's still like if you want people to rank you high you gotta be careful so I mean I don't think she went out too early because of what happened but I think like she could have been a lot of fun to watch basically. So what do other people think? My thing with Savannah and like the rest of the pod can attest to this. After me and Aggie watched the first episode, I texted and I was like, my top two, Tara Alicia and Savannah. I think they are both really smart. I think that the way that they are working together now, if they continue down this road, like it's going to work out great for them. Plot twist in the second episode, all goes to shit with those two. I had a big turn on Savannah and it was because like, Savannah just continued to play the victim with everything and like put all the blame on Tara Alicia and it was getting uncomfortable and like I know Savannah is also a person of color but she it felt like she was perpetuating the stereotype of the angry black woman and like the mean black woman attacking her and I was like Savannah like I want to be crystal clear you are starting the majority of this drama like Tara Alicia said one shady thing in the circle chat but then you brought it up at every other opportunity you could and then you got mad when people were saying that you were starting drama but it's like bitch you did start drama so like you made the bed lay in it and I just like I don't think she went out too early. I think she went out at the right time. I just got annoyed with her. I had a very quick change of heart, very quick turnaround on Savannah. It was like from one episode to immediately the first five minutes of the next episode, like fuck this bitch, we're done. I think like for as much as we talked earlier in this episode about how the pacing of this season was a lot better, the pacing of those first couple episodes with the Savannah Terlicha drama was like, it was a little too much too soon, especially then considering that they both got eliminated like consecutively. So it was like, it was a lot to give to the audience 
to like burn really hot really fast as like a drama flame so on the one hand like I do think that it felt like Savannah went out super early because that was kind of all we saw for like a huge chunk of their arc at the start of the season but to go back to a point that I made earlier of like what would have happened if we had put one of them in later and like we just we we spaced out this plot point a little bit more because it, it just felt very abrupt when she went out not necessarily early but like it, it was a lot at once and then it was like boom over the drama's done like it still lingered but it was like the two most volatile people are gone yeah and I just I I can't get behind like I love the drama it was great to have but I can't get behind people who play on a game like this or a game like Survivor something where it is a social game and like they cannot see past their personal drama to like just keep playing the game like I found it really annoying because on the one hand like I don't like when people are mean to each other but also like get your head in the game my dude because you got yourselves kicked out. They both had the potential to make it really far, I thought. I'm all for drama. Everybody knows this. I love the drama of TV shows. But when it overruns your entire game is when it becomes an issue. You need to be able to know how to have drama and then push by it and move on from that drama. Mm-hmm. And like neither one of them knew how to do that. I just thought, I don't necessarily think that Savannah went out too early, just that because she did it to herself. But on a slightly separate note, I think Savannah and Teralisha are a really good example of the power words can have and like how you're interpreting them when you are, when it's only you seeing them. You can't get facial context. You can't get vibe context. And I honestly think Savannah or Teralisha, I don't remember who was like most mad at first, but someone wrote something in the circle chat about the choice that they made to send home Bryant. Mm -hmm. And then the next, the other one interpreted it wrong and was like, oh my God, like she's coming for me. Like I better attack back. And I think if they'd taken like 45 seconds to breathe and maybe reread it, or if like a friend had been there with them to be like, bitch, that's not what she meant. Like, cause it's happened to all of us, right? Like where we have read something with a completely different tone because we are feeling guilty about something or we are, we have a background knowledge of something that then makes it uncomfortable when in reality, like there was no ill will there. And I actually think it was just like a big misunderstanding. But my bigger issue with them was at the reunion, how they couldn't just be like, it's squash. Like who gives a fuck? Like I was like, stop trying to make your 15 minutes last longer. <laughs> like this is nonsense. Like this is absolute fucking nonsense. But I think it was a really good example of like when your boss slacks you and you're like, I'm uncomfortable because I don't know if you hate me or not. Like it was like that. When it's like in reality, your boss slacking you has nothing to do with you. It was just the fastest way to get you information. But you're like, they hate me. They're going to fire me. They think I'm shit. And it's like, I think that's what happened in this moment. And then it just escalated over the top. Neither one of them would be willing to apologize because at that point you've staked your claim and you're like, I can't, I can't give up now. Like I have to just, I have to deal, dig my heels in because I don't want to come off as the one who was weak or mean or like who gave up, right? Us as women, we're now like trying to claim our space. And now what are we going to like, you know, I just, I felt like it was a big old misunderstanding. And the thing that rubbed me the wrong way the most was how we handled it at the reunion, if you want to call it that. Which, and I will say, I felt like Savannah at the reunion was trying to say, was trying to say kind of what you just said, Aggie, like things can get perceived differently through text and through that kind of, through social media. And she was kind of saying like, we both had our own interpretations. She said like, this was my truth, which I know sometimes when people say that, they're like, well, but I mean, you, can, you can't just say everything's your truth. But I think she was trying to say like, we just interpreted it differently, but clearly they didn't bury the 
hatchet. So, but I, I mean, I think, you know, if they ever do on the circle, like have returners, which would be kind of cool. I would like Savannah to come back and have like another chance. So, yeah, but okay. That's a good answer, Stacey. That's a good answer <laughs> to the question. Did she go out too early? No, but I would watch her play again. Yeah, exactly. So those were our fans of spoken questions and thoughts. Thanks for sending them in. We last week did, you know, we tried to keep our vibe check segment. So we had Michelle needs a vibe check. I guess, I mean, I can't think of anything specific where she needed a vibe check, but I will open it up to others. I'll just say, I thought like I noticed more funny moments from her this time or funny like comments this time. So I was more intrigued by her. I feel like maybe she just got had more freedom this time or something. So I think she improved. But what did others think? I actually I agree like she was funnier in her commentary, but I could not get past how painfully uncomfortable the like final ceremony was. Maybe it was because like it was COVID social distancing situation. But something about it seemed like really, really uncomfortable. Like the way that she was speaking or like she would ask them a question, they would answer. And then there was like a weirdly long pause before she was like, yeah, definitely. Like it's just something about it seemed like they weren't prepared or like there was there was something just a little bit off and it was better at the reunion. But something about that, like final crowning the winner ceremony was like the vibe was just a little bit off on Michelle's part but again benefit of the doubt things were weird living in weird times like probably was really uncomfortable maybe she like forgot how to socialize like we all did (laughs) so yeah Aggie and Nick what did you think I thought she was hysterical I would like to vibe check her just always telling Mitchell like you don't you have a shirt off or you don't have a shirt every time that Mitchell was on the screen there was a comment from Michelle about his shirt status which like I already noticed on my own Michelle you didn't have to point it out but I would also like to vibe check the costumers or like the wardrobe department they made Michelle look like shit at the reunion and I was like no one wanted this this is a beautiful woman this is a beautiful woman and you have made her look like a frumpy old lady and that's not okay with me I will not take it I will not stand for it in this house I love Michelle Buteau I think she's just stunning and like so grand and they put her in this like drab black outfit didn't put any makeup on her face and they were like it's COVID it fine I was like it not it not celebrate her for the beautiful black woman that she is I was I was not about it so that's really my vibe check for the people who felt the need to like dull her sparkle. No, thank you. Sorry, I was looking up like the filming schedule for the circle. They filmed both of these seasons consecutively and they wrapped filming on season three in November. So these were filmed in 2020, but I was reading an article and they're like, these were filmed in 2020 despite nobody ever talking about the pandemic and how this is the perfect game show to film during a pandemic, which now thinking about it, they truly never bring it up and I think that's my vibe check that like the joke was never made that they're <laughs> isolating or that they're like working for like the the easiest joke these people could have written and make was never made and I think that's my vibe check I think it's a fine line between being like what do we joke about but also so many people died that like I, like I, what like where is the line of like let's be playful because like we all had to go through this thing but also like it was tragic because I agree with you like it, it should have come up at some point like should have come up at some it, point. but I do think it's a it's a very tight line of when to yeah, go like I, I understand they want to be tasteful with it but like literally almost every other show on tv mentioned it at some point and it feels like weird that they just glossed over it in a game that is truly about self-isolating yeah they 
they could have mentioned something about like social distancing, at least of like, you've all become pros at social mm-hmm. distancing or something. It's like a quick little quip at the beginning, like as the players were coming in, just like, we're going to social distance. Ain't that ironic or something, you know, like something stupid along those lines. But Yeah, that is very interesting. Because yeah, I feel like when Love is, I know Love is Blind came out like before this stuff, but at least on social media, everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect thing. Like we're all kind of having to, if you are dating, having to do it like at a distance. So yeah, they could have brought it up. That is strange. So that that is our vibe check. Did everyone else do it? Yeah, it was just me that didn't really have a vibe check. <laughs> so, okay, then let's wrap up with our rapid fire. So we just have, I think, five of these and we'll try to keep them as rapid as possible. So the first question is just a favorite quote or moment. And since I made this one up, I'll start because <laughs> I don't know why this one just like, I had to pause and like rewind it twice because I was just like, this is just so funny, but random. But it was, I think some of the players had like won a party or something so they were all doing they were all like enjoying their reward and then cat is just in her room staring at the mannequin and she was just she was super close to it and she was like if i was this close and this mannequin opened its eyes i would be terrified and just like for some reason that was to me the funniest moment of the whole season <laughs> so that is mine whoever has one go for it. I loved that moment, Stacey. It was iconic. I loved it. I mean, I would just say every time Chloe was on the screen, but that's too easy of an answer. I'm going to say Mitchell was really great. And I really liked when he was making his mannequin as well. And he was just like really proud of himself. Like as he was doing, he was like, I'm going to do all this. Yeah. As some glitter. That looks fucking sick, man. I'm like, an Mitchell, ally. like an ally. Honestly, it was all the moments that Mitchell was just an ally. When he was like talking to Courtney, he's like, yo, this man is awesome. And I was like, Mitchell, you wouldn't hate cry me. And I love that. Oh, goodness. Aggie, since you're <laughs> since you're next to Nick, go for it. <laughs> Mine is when Jonathan Van Ness showed up. Oh, I forgot about uh, To be clear, I didn't think he was gonna actually look at they. them. Oh, sorry, they. I didn't think they were actually gonna look at the mannequins. I didn't think they would be so hysterical and also shady in their reading of the people as they judge their as they judge the mannequins. They straight up were like, Emily, this is bad. And they straight up were like, Trevor, wow, you must be really good with a makeup brush. They were full on given some shade. Like, I feel like the producers were like, these ones are catfish. Like, if you feel the spirit move you, go ahead and do what feels right. And they fucking did. Jonathan Van Ness is always a good use of my television screen, but they were just so funny. And I loved that they actually participated, like actively participated in that challenge. It was not a passive, like, hey guys, I'm the makeover person. They just were all in. And I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Also, we love a Netflix crossover. Like Nick, didn't you mention in our last episode for like, oh, the cake challenge, like bring in Nicole Byer, like do a little like nailed it plug. Like we had the like Netflix Queer Eye plug, like more of that Netflix. Yeah, I really liked that. Also like they brought in Michelle Buteau, like the final episode to like be like, you guys did it. Like, yay. Like, I wish that there was more Michelle Buteau doing that because then it would feel like she is actually the host, Mm -hmm. which I think would fix that weird, awkward vibe we get with Michelle. What's the question? Oh, favorite quarter. (laughs) So I think mine, like the one that comes to mind first is, I think it's during the one challenge where they have to do the math problem as we were talking about 
I think before we started recording. And I think it's Lee catfishing his river because the math question isn't just like math. It's like this number from this like pop culture thing. And then this, and one of them is like minus like the number of problems Jay-Z had. <laughs> and it's Lee being like a hundred problems. Jay-Z had a hundred problems. <laughs> and it just was so funny to me. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I don't think I did the moment justice in that explanation of it, but it was so cute. And he was so like, mm, I think this. And you're like, okay. <laughs> That math challenge was just incredible for so many reasons. So like, many reasons. But I did love River, aka Lee, being like, they're going to know I'm a catfish because I thought it was a hundred problems. And I was like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That should raise some black. Yeah. <laughs> At least it was like close, I guess. I mean, if you're just guessing. So close yet so far. <laughs> Wow, we haven't even really talked about Lee. He was very much at least. But okay, next question is Zaddy of the season. I mean, I think we're all going to say Mitchell, but if anyone has another option, go for it. It's just like to make a plug for Jack. Again, (laughs) much too young for me, but the man has a good personality. And boy, is he tall. Like, wow. Like, he is tall. um, And that goes a long way. I think Ryan was attractive. Mm -hmm. I love a boy with long hair so honestly like river the catfish pictures could get it (laughs) i'm also just very lonely so honestly any man who wants to show me affection and touch me you're attractive in my book nick's like any of them (laughs) any man with a pulse lee how's it going Anyone within a two mile radius i'm good (laughs) i'm so alone oh god you have have aggie though as a Aggie will not sleep with me. I won't. <laughs> that's probably oh, that's mainly because he does also not want to sleep with me, and also like let's not do that. You know, don't shit where you eat. You know, yeah, don't. <laughs> it's, it's words not, of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Okay, does any Aggie? I mean, yours is Mitchell, right? I don't have but to. I I don't know how I can say it's anyone but Mitchell. Yeah. I will say. Trevor is a 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, like in yeah. real, yeah. Like, like when he did his little video also with their daughter, I was like, oh no, I love him. That's awkward. I get, <laughs> I, I understand why Chloe was in. Like, I understand it. Like that face and then like the lovely things she said, I'm in. I'm in. So honorable mention of, of Zaddy <laughs> goes to Trevor. Yes. Okay. Next one is, are you team Savannah or team Tara Alicia? Cause again, they were like the main drama of the season. Ugh, I mean, I don't even, I just liked Savannah. I guess, I don't know. I liked both of them. Like I actually thought they both had a good chance to go far, but I'm going to say team Savannah because she tried at the reunion to be like, look, it was just a misunderstanding. And Tara Alicia was like, no. I just don't like you, basically. So I'll say Savannah. Aggie, you can go next this time. I'm Tim Teralisha. Teachers got to stick together. <laughs> She's from Dallas, too. So Anna. But Stacey, you abandoned Dallas like a hot sack of potatoes. But like, same. Oh, my God. I'm kidding, Stacey. You know you made the right call moving this to another place. I don't know if we're telling anyone where you moved. So I'm so excited for you. It's fine. It was time to go. Time to go. But oh, I did. Sorry, this is a side note. I did like that Teralisha. First off, there were a lot of Dallas people. But I liked that Teralisha yeah. was like a substitute teacher in Dallas because that's what I did my first like month in Dallas so she also was like a math nerd like teachers gotta stick together man teachers and nerds Yay. 
AKA me. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, so in the moment on the show, I was team Terlisha. However, now that I like follow a bunch of them on social media, it seems like Savannah's more in the crew. So I'm like, Savannah seems like she's more of a good time IRL or maybe she's just in the same place as everybody else. But watching the show, I was team Terlisha. Okay. And Nick? Team that they made up and were able to work together on the show, but that didn't happen. So <laughs> team Terlisha mostly. <laughs> would they would have been a powerhouse alliance if they were able to like put the petty shit behind them and like work together I know. but they couldn't with courtney too i think it could have gone far okay favorite challenge i'll go last this time uh nick what was your favorite challenge the pancake one because i love pancakes that's it that's the explanation you get nothing more Aggie. <laughs> I really enjoyed trivia and the ridiculous math question. Shout out to Mitchell for thinking there's seven Toy Story movies. Shout out. Shout out to him for that. Oh gosh. Anna. Yeah, I gotta go trivia challenge as well, just because like the gems that always come out of a challenge like that, because like everybody's gonna get a handful of them wrong, like regardless of if they're catfishing or they just like aren't in the know. And so like the comedy that comes from the people that are like, I know I should know this based on like the person that I'm playing as but like I don't because I'm too old and then the people that are just like I have no idea not because they're catfishing just because they're like I just I just don't know <laughs> drug emoji you know what I mean yeah yeah oh gosh mine was the mannequin challenge I just feel like it was revealing but it was also just like funny to see their creations and all of that so and I I mean I'm not artistic and I don't really use makeup so I actually think I would have done badly so that's I just thought it was a fun one to watch okay last rapid fire and I'm Aggie I'm gonna let you just take it away okay so my question my rapid fire and you can just one word answer if you want like I don't know if there needs to be an explanation but I think Courtney made an interesting choice as the Joker to choose to try to pretend to be someone else as the Joker, in an attempt to undermine someone else's game, would that have also been your strategy had you been chosen as the Joker? So I think it's hard to say because we saw Courtney's, we only saw Courtney's strategy and Courtney's strategy worked well for him. So I feel like it's the easier answer is to say, do what Courtney did. But I would be curious to see doing the other way around. That's why, like Aggie said at the beginning, like I wish that they would have done these twists more than just once because then we could see different data you see what would you do i mean i agree i would do what courtney did because i think it worked well and i think i mean it does kind of add in like some more chaos i mean and they no one really knew it was him till the end i think some people kind of guessed it but i don't know i liked just the mystery of it so i think i would do it that way anna what do you think so i don't know if this would totally work but i feel like i would try to play it off and i can't remember if in the intro of the joker to the new players they were like this is someone within the game. Like, I can't remember how it was presented to them, but if possible, if it weren't the case where they were like, this is someone in the game, I think I would have tried to play it off as like not even being someone in the game or like whether that's being like, oh, I just got sent home. Here's what's happening in the, like in the house or being like, congratulations, you get to meet the Joker, like not a player, but we'll give you information as to what the other players are doing and just like try to play it off. Like I wasn't even there still. I don't know if that would work. And again, it depends on how it was presented to them. I don't fully remember, but I think that might be my play of like, play it off like I am nobody. 
and, and you can you can reveal things about people without having to be like oh who was the joke like who is it if possible i think that's how i would try to play it off but again not 100 percent on the logistics of that i honestly think i would have played as myself and tried to drop hints and be like because i think i think my goal in this maybe i've watched way too much survivor which we all know is true i just think i think i would be trying to get numbers I don't think I would be trying to get rid of someone else. I think I would be trying to get these two new people. Like you get to talk to two new players and have an advantage there. Like they technically don't know who you are, but I would have been planting seeds left, right and center for them to figure out like, oh, that's Aggie. When they, we see her in the chat, when we hear her in the chat, we know we talk to Aggie and I would try and give them some tea, but I'd also like legitimately try and get to know them. So they would be my numbers and no one else's. I was kind of shocked that Courtney didn't do that given his like thought process about the rest of the game to be perfectly honest. But I think he was so like blinded by the rage at Savannah about Savannah that he couldn't think to do anything else other than that. I actually think it would probably be more productive to have other numbers than to attempt to get rid of someone else. But maybe that's me being a little naive. No, I think that makes sense. Like, yeah, he didn't really have a lot of numbers in general. So I think it makes sense to try to like get to the new people before anyone else can. So okay, well, that's our rapid fire. And that is our episode. So thank you for listening to our circle season two recap season three is coming up so i mean hopefully we'll be able to recap that but stay tuned um and then of course survivor actually survivor starts one month from when we're recording not when this comes out but it's (laughs) almost so stay tuned for that and we'll see you next time (laughs) i forget on the flip side bye motherfucker Bye, babes. Bye, babes. Goodbye. Bye, babes. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Escaping Reality. We are so grateful to have you all in our podcast fam. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow for new episode notifications. We love interacting with you and we want to hear your take on the season. Slide into those DMs at Escaping Reality Pod on Instagram or tweet us your feels at ESC Reality Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and hit us up. We're excited to continue to grow our podcast in a few different ways. First, if you're a Survivor alum, we'd love to chat with you about your experience or any of your Survivor feels. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at escapingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. Second, we are also looking for our listeners' help. We are starting a new segment called The Fans Have Spoken, where we read a listener's feels on the season, and then we discuss them as a group. If you want to have your thoughts read on the pod, shoot us an email with your name, Instagram handle, and three to five sentences about a particular season. We can't wait to start this new segment soon, but we need your emails first, so send them our way. Thanks for listening, and thanks for escaping reality with us.